Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Premier League podcast here on FanRug Sports. My name is Sebastian Norton. With me is Polly Quistel. A little bit later on, I'll have Elliot with me as well. But, uh, Polly, you and I will talk about the Manchester Derby. We're about mm, an hour or so away from the final whistle. It ended in a scoreless draw. And, uh, no, we're about an hour or so out from the final whistle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, an uh, hour or so sorry. away would mean would put us in the first half. Oh, I I don't want to relive that. I definitely yeah, don't want to relive that. It was that. not bad. It was a mediocre game. Yeah, no, but it was it wasn't terrible. No, it was mediocre and then you would know again you would see Fellaini being a dumbass. Ah, you say dumbass, I say team player by ruling himself out for the next three games. Well, yes, it's a positive, but still mm. it hurt them in this game. Did it? Yes. There were seven did. minutes left. We weren't going to win the game. You still, I mean, City had the ball like 95% after that. Right, but City had the ball like 90% before that. No, it was like We were really 65. good. We were, we were really good for like 15 minutes, and then Aguero had that like terrible, terrible miss. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was almost City all the time. Like, you know, United had their like, oh, Rashford just caused people to worry because he ran behind the defenders, but he didn't really have the ball, and there was nobody supporting him. Like, you had those moments, but overall, you really didn't have anything else. No, it was, it was 10 men defending and then Rashford running on hopeless balls, basically. Right, so yeah. it it's not like we were threatened. Like, we, at the, at the by the end of it, you know, like, I thought maybe if we brought Rooney on, like, nostalgia might come in, mm-hmm. and... And maybe he would he would strike a winner, but ultimately, uh, at that by the time Fellaini got sent off, there was no chance of of us winning the game. So it didn't exactly hurt us. Um, it didn't exactly hurt us in the in the short term. Yeah, you know we weren't gonna win. He it it's a positive later. I'm like first of all, what happened to Paul Pogba? Injury. Yeah, but when? I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Neither did I, which is why, um, which is why when when Mourinho ruled him out like two days ago, I was like, okay, that that's not true. This is this has to be mind games. Uh, like I fully expected Pogba to make a miraculous recovery and be in the starting eleven, and then I look and I'm like, oh crap, we got Fellaini, Carrick, and Herrera. And bizarre world happened. Um, bizarre world happened where Fellaini and Blind, Daily Blind, who started at center back, they were like our two best players in the first half. Yep. I mean, Fellaini was all over the field like he was under Herrera. He was in there breaking up things. Daily Blind was intercepting passes, reading the game really well. Eric Bailly threw in that incredible tackle on on Sergio Aguero. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, that was what the game was. You know, it, you're talking about good interceptions, a good tackle here, and that's about it. And it, it goes the other way also. You just said, you know, City had the ball for like 95% of the game after uh, after the Fellaini red card. Mm-hmm. David De Gea was never really tested in this match. No, I mean their so best. It, their best chance was the Aguero chance, right? Uh, yeah. And he missed, and yeah, that would have been a test. And you know, if he puts it on target, he probably scores there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like, it's not like they were knocking on the door the whole match because they weren't. And granted, I think Jose Mourinho set the team up to pretty much make sure that Manchester City couldn't get into a rhythm or couldn't get into a flow. And and really, not losing this game was priority number one, and winning it was, like, maybe priority number two. Yeah. So, it's you you get what what you came out to get. And, and when you saw the team news at the beginning of the game, I don't think you could have expected a much more exciting game than this. In fact, this was about as exciting a game. Like, for, for, what, for how the team was set up, this game was actually more exciting than it should have been. I mean, you don't have to go back that far. Go back to last year, last season, the first Manchester Derby that was at Old Trafford that finished nil-nil where both Louis Van Hall and uh, was it Pellegrini? Yeah, mm-hmm. Pellegrini both set up their teams to not attack. Yes, that is they true. That, that was up, a they, drab match, yes. 
This was they better. both set up their teams with like six defenders, and they pretty much said to their front fours, go out there and, and try to score a goal. And if you don't, like, we got six guys back who aren't going to support you. Yeah. So right there, that was – you don't have to go back far to find a really boring match. This one was better. I don't see uh, Fellaini as hurting the team. No, but it, I by, mean, it is like, – no, of course not. We've been – you know, there's no – we don't like Fellaini. We don't think he should be on the team. He definitely shouldn't be in the starting 11 every goddamn week. Uh, but at the same time, it hurts going down a man in a game. But yes – for the next couple of weeks, I'm glad he's not going to be in. But he did something really stupid. Aguero sold it to the fullest. He he went down like he's he'd been shot. Yeah, but you know what? You have to do that in that situation. Yeah, I don't blame Aguero for that. Yeah, that's what you do. I don't know. It's Aguero... a part. It's a part of the game I don't like. But he got headbutted. Like, yeah. Hurt, like, no, I understand that. You make sure that the referee knows that this guy just did something stupid, and he did. Uh, you, you don't put your head up against somebody's head like that and expect to see the light of day. I mean, it's just my friend in the first half texted me and he said, Fellaini is like 10 minutes away from getting a card. And I said, all right, so let him get a card in the 37th minute. Like he's playing well right now. So it took him a bit longer to get one, but he certainly made up for it. Yep. I, like again, at the end of the day, I'm not going to hang my head about this Fellaini red card. It's, it was, Okay, like we had no chance of winning the game after that, but we didn't really have a chance of winning the game before that either. Yeah, I mean, um, it is what it is. But how, how many games do you think he'll get suspended? Because he didn't leave the field right not away. Enough. He'll not keep, enough. I would say three. <laughs> well, he should get three right away because it's a straight red. It wasn't a second yellow. It was going to be a second yellow. Okay, it was yellow it was... and then straight red. Okay. Yeah. So, so right there, he's going to get three. Just for that, but then maybe they tack on a fourth. Uh, maybe they tack on a fourth. I don't know. In my opinion, not enough. Uh, he's still eligible for the Europa League, so like <laughs> they need to figure out a way to like ban him from like all of football. Yeah. Like that, you know, it's 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 not enough. So there's, there's still too much Fellini left. And again, we both we actually we both predicted United to win this game. Yes. So we both predicted the two one. So obviously that was the curse. Of, that was the kiss of death. So there were only two possible outcomes in this game, and that one was Manchester City win, and the other one was a draw. And as soon as Manchester City brought on Gabriel Jesus, I rushed over to my website to see if I could live, if I could bet on Jesus to be the next guy to score. They were not taking action on that, but I live bet Manchester City to win the game because there were pretty good odds for that. And that pretty much set in stone. This way, at least, the only possible outcome now is that we will get a draw. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus did get a goal disallowed uh, for offside. Yeah. So, with that, uh, United... I mean, well, it, yes. you got to talk now. We're, we, that's 24 games unbeaten in what is probably the least impressive unbeaten run any team can ever go on. Yes. They yeah. started the run in seventh place. They actually dropped to eighth place at one point. And they are now all the way up to fifth place. Yeah, they got 13 and, draws on the season. And in this in this unbeaten run, it's 11 wins. It's 13 wins, which and 11 draws. Which, frankly, I, I, that's I'm shocked they have that many wins. 13 wins, 11 draws. And I tweeted it. You know, if you take four of those draws out, so seven draws. Which, when you look at all the teams they played, Stoke at home, Burnley at home, you know, all those all those West Ham at home. All those games, seven draws is still a lot and probably too many. But if you if you drop it to seven and you add on two wins and two losses, anywhere in there, take take two four of those draws. So now you're not even talking about an unbeaten streak. Then you would go from the fifty points that they've accumulated during this run and to fifty two points, which would be which would put them in the top four. So sometimes it's better to, you know, win games and lose games than to just keep drawing games. Yes, absolutely. And they only have two fewer wins than both Manchester City and Liverpool. So despite That's six points. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that, you know, although it's a long I mean, unbeaten run and it's haven't been impressive, they're still they're still in it. If right, they... well, well, we know they're in it cuz they're a point behind City. It's just a matter of like we don't try to praise the unbeaten run 
because most of these like most of these games are games you should have won. You know, how many of these games? I'm thinking of Everton at home, pretty much. You know, how many of these games did we rescue a point from a losing position? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of them. Or and and even in the ones where maybe the other team scored first, it wasn't like we scored with with five minutes to go to rescue that point. Most of these games, it's we fought, like we missed a bunch of chances early, and we finally got our breakthrough. And then in the second half, we let up and we conceded the goal. Yeah. And then it was one-one. So. Stop bragging about, you know, being unbeaten because you're just not losing. Yeah, I. Yeah, you know that would be. Hey, Elliot. Isn't that also Elliot's here? Yes, uh, but isn't that? I mean, that's that's clearly a part of what unbeaten is about, right? Like, oh, you, I thought you were going to say, isn't that the Jose Mourinho way? Uh, well, that's also that. <laughs> I mean, like uh, this would be like this would. It, it's essentially if if I picked every if i let you pick all the scores i mean this is a much smaller level if i let you pick all the scores for the rest of the season before me and i just matched your picks so you couldn't catch me like is yeah, that, that something is the I, and, then, and, then be like, and then be like hey i beat you like and bragged about it you know like that's not something it's not something to brag about yeah that would be kind of douchey yeah well there that's yeah, that sounds like Jose. yeah so, also, you yes. got to give the guy credit that he came out in a formation today that included two strikers in Martial and Rashford and somehow played a formation where Henrik Mkhitaryan was playing the false nine role. Well, I mean, he wanted Rashford and Martial to challenge Sabaleta and Kolarov, and I can understand that. Yeah, that's what I, I – I actually, I did figure that. And if that's what you want, why did you switch after 15 minutes? Yeah. You know, like, give it a chance then. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Uh, Sabaleta, I f- feel like he had a very good... That was his first league game starting since, like, January. Right, and Martial ended up having to, you know, whoever was playing right back just flew up the field for City, and Martial had to be back to help out uh, yep. Help out Dormian. Yeah, so with that draw, United are still in fifth. They got 64 points. City still in fourth, 65 points. And they both have a game in hand on Liverpool, who is third with 66 points. So, the funniest thing was, at the end of the game, I got a text from one of my Arsenal fan friends being just saying, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And then about a minute later, I got a text from a friend who's a Liverpool fan who said, that was Liverpool's best win of the season, best game of the season. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it's funny that everybody else in the title race is, uh, is on, the same wa- on the same wavelength. And I said, the only problem is, because he's a very anti-Wenger guy, I said, is it's the end of April and Arsenal are about to go on a run. And if City and United keep dropping points, you'll finish fourth. You'll win the FA Cup. You'll keep Wenger. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel like this too sort of shows the inconsistency at the top besides Chelsea and Tottenham, though. Because mm-hmm. Liverpool, they're dropping points against lesser teams. United, they're drawing every other game. And then you got City. Who's... Everybody's dropping points. This whole... This whole season, the whole top four race has, I mean, despite the fact that, yeah, City and United are both going to, and obviously Liverpool, um, are both going to, they're all going to finish with more points than they had last year. Um, so, in a way, they all got better, but it just seems like this season has been every team, like the, especially the top four race, has been every team just, you know, not taking you know not grabbing their chance by the horns like the way it just seems like every week somebody has a chance to make a big move in the towers because too many teams drop points and then mm-hmm. that team goes and drops points yeah yeah that's totally true uh elliot i want to get your opinion on the fellini red card um can, am i allowed to say hilarious yes <laughs> you can say whatever you want this is a safe space Oh, thanks, Seb. Yep. Thanks, Seb. Um, also, I have to give a shout out because a good friend of mine who I met in Berlin earlier today is also from Gothenburg. Um, oh, nice. So she wanted she wanted me to say hello. Um, I, I mean, it just it's it it seemed like an oddly poignant moment of drama in an otherwise kind of faded to be drab affair, and I. I I don't know that it was entirely fair. 
Um, but it was, it, it seemed to me the kind of thing that like, you know, Paulie, as you were saying, like a Jose Mourinho match just begs for something like this yeah. in order to keep it even vaguely interesting, e- even vaguely interesting. Um, I don't know, Seb, I'm, I'm going to throw that back at you. You always ask us questions on the show. What do you yes. think about that red card? Well, I, I told Pauly, it's a stupid move by Fellini. He's way too hot-headed. But I also think that Aguero made such a meal of it. And, you know, Pauly said it too, that that's what you got to do to get, you know, the referee's attention. Although Mart- Martin Atkinson had a perfect view of this. So even if Aguero didn't get... You know, if he didn't throw himself to the ground like he was shot from the grassy knoll, he would have still <laughs> been sent off. Maybe it wouldn't have been and that then, straight then, red, but it would definitely be a American, second yellow. Yes. You're American now? You can't be going around making JFK jokes. Uh, it's a reference more than a joke. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There you go. You know, <laughs> you, know yeah. you are American now. Mm-hmm. You got to be okay. careful. <laughs> Let's be honest. After taking the test, Seb knows far more about the Constitution than uh, either of us do. So I just said Constitution. <laughs> Whatever. It's twelve eleven here. I'm yeah. tired, guys. <laughs> that is totally understandable. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's still they still have it in their own hands here, United. Although they haven't been impressive this season, somehow. Well, wait, no, it's not in their own hands. They don't. They don't have a game in hand anymore, do they? On Liverpool, yes. If they win oh. their next game. They are at 67 points. Liverpool are at 66. Nice. Yeah. So you can still stick it to the Liverpool fans. They might not be able to finish above City, but at least they might be able to keep uh, Liverpool out of the Champions League again. So, Perfect. Oh, that would be awesome. Or just, I don't know, win the Europa League. Or win the Europa League, yes. And, uh, I mean, Mourinho said <laughs> ahead of the game, too, that, you know, they're... They're not, they're not, you know, being under the illusion that the Europa League isn't their main goal because it is their main goal. And I thought that was, that was telling too. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's gonna affect how you play this game. Even though he's like, oh no, we focus on this game. I'm like, no, you're not. So I think he's happy. Well, he's this, ha- he's this, happy not losing this one. Right, but like also this game you have to focus on because you're a week out of your. Of the Europa League, so it's not like you have a game and you have your Europa League game in, in three days. Mm-hmm. This game you have to focus on not so much for the league, but because it's it's Manchester City. You know, if you wanna if if you're gonna rotate the squad a bit on Sunday, and you know, maybe drop points, whatever, then that's fine. Because and and then go out there and say, well, it's because we're saving our best guys for the Europa League. That's fine. This game was different though, because it is it is a rivalry. Yes, it absolutely. Absolutely, but I still feel like you should be able to rest two or three guys on what is it Sunday, and still beat Swansea. You will. He'll start. Uh, he'll start Lingard. He'll, you know, he doesn't really have any option. He doesn't really have anybody to rest on defense or uh, or in the midfield. That, unless <laughs> you mean, want to, maybe, unless you want to play Rooney as a midfielder. I was about to say he'll probably play Rooney, and yeah. and I'm excited to be like to find that quote where he said Wayne Rooney will not play midfield for us. And yeah. then have him play Rooney and watch Rooney just spread passes all over the field and watch us score a bunch of goals. Because I feel like oh boy, I'm excited for this. Yeah, because depending on that in <laughs> depending on that injury to Pogba and how serious it is, if he's not back for the Europa League game, then you got to rest Carrick so he can play in that game. Yep, I would go Herrera Rooney. Because despite his age, Carrick is one of if not okay. Take out Pogba; he's their second. Best central midfielder. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No. No doubt. I would. I would. I would go Herrera already. Yeah, that could work. You should. You should still be able to beat Swansea. Yeah, you should. But we all know what happens when they should win. Yes, they draw. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens there. Paulie, are you still good for another minute, or are you going to say goodbye? I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out now. Okay, then we'll say goodbye to Polly and Elliot. Uh, I know you didn't pay too much attention to Arsenal's last game, but they did pick up a one nothing win over Leicester. Pick up is a strong verb. Okay, they I would say they uh, managed to <laughs> snag. Yeah, yeah their their hand an own goal by Robert Huth in the 86th yeah, they, minute. 
they picked it up the way that like a kind of half complacent three-year-old might see a bit of gum on the sidewalk and then you find him at home it's like oh you're chewing on something i guess that's three points good job <laughs> yep. it was uh, and, and admittedly yeah like i was with some friends in berlin we watched the dortmund Bayern uh pokal match which was a fantastic game yeah. <laughs> world's better than the arsenal match so i only had one eye on this and it was uh yeah i mean it, it was complacent it was everything that we've seen arsenal be lately um and i mean, I, I think that it shows that as thrilled as I was and as thrilled as I continue to be that Arsenal will be in the FA Cup final, it shows that, you know, there there's an aberration and there's a theme. And the theme is complacency and almost apathy. And that the aberration from that is like the occasional willingness to fight and eke out a win against quality opposition and i mean it's hard to watch to be honest so does it bother you that you still don't know what's going to happen with wenger next season um honestly not it, it doesn't. I think that it should, though. Let me say that. Um, because it, it, it doesn't bother me because it, it strikes me as entirely predictable and, like, within the realm of what the board has done at Arsenal for so long, right? Like, it, it, it's, it, it seems to me inevitable. Um, that doesn't mean I like it, but it doesn't, it, I, I don't find it surprising. And because it's, because I feel like I've been walking down this road for so long, the fact that this road is awful doesn't seem to me terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got a big game coming up here though, against Tottenham in the Derby and Thierry Henry said that. Alexis Sanchez is the only Arsenal player who would get into the Tottenham starting eleven. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh no, I think Messerzo would be as well. Yeah, I, I could buy an argument for Erzul, but more. Besides that, though, it's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also, I mean, yeah, I guess Lloris, I don't know. I, I think that... Uh, oh, yeah, I, I rate Czech... Lloris over Czech. Czech, mm. Czech in his prime, I would probably put over Lloris, but Czech now, no, I would go Lloris. Yeah, and I think I, I think that actually um, the, the goal, the first goal in the Manchester City Arsenal match in the FA Cup semifinal is illustrated of that. And that I think that Czech in his prime is, you know, he comes more quickly and he takes that ball and that's not a goal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, no, yeah, I guess, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Hector Bellerin at his best, I think, can give a shout at any right back in the league, but he just hasn't been, he hasn't had the pace that he's had. And like the pace is the strength of his game. Mm-hmm. And when he loses a step, then he loses the core of his game. So, yeah. So that, that's sort of the big matchup here over the weekend Spurs Arsenal at 1130 AM Eastern time on Sunday. Um, Elsewhere, though, if we take a look at Crystal Palace, they take on Burnley at Sellers Park. Uh, Palace, I mean, had a really good April. Uh, you know, they beat Chelsea, they beat Arsenal, then they went and beat Liverpool. I know they lost one nothing to Tottenham, but that's n- nothing to really be ashamed of. But n- do you feel like we finally we're seeing that Sam Allardyce magic now? They're up to twelfth. 
God, I hate, I hate, I hate the phrase Sam Muller dice magic. I hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But part of the reason that I despise it is because I know that it describes something that like his magic is real. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's, I'm torn because I, on the one hand, I want to say he's a manager you have to respect, but it's, I don't know, like in, in literature, for example, or philosophy, like many poets are in their personal lives, just like total assholes. And we give them a task. It's like, oh, well, you're a brilliant poet or you're a brilliant philosopher. Well, doesn't that and go okay for a lot of things? You're kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. But for Sam Allardyce, it's kind of like on the Gren- the Grenza, the border. Um, man, Seb, I don't know how you do this bilingual stuff because just speaking German for a week and I'm just like, German comes to mind before mm-hmm. English. But anyway, yeah. um, but like it's on uh, like on that border of, well, on the one hand, he's an amazing Premier League manager. On the other hand, he did get fired because he kind of tried to solicit a bribe. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, and like that was in the context of being a football manager. And that's kind of extremely not okay. No. So, uh, I don't know. It's, you have to respect what he's done, but do you have to respect the man? I don't think so. Is there a way to respect like him as a manager and divide that? It, it It's still, it's still hard for me to say, but nonetheless, I think that he has once again proven that, you know, he is um, – and maybe actually the scandal saved him from being a Roy Hodgson, right, from being mm-hmm. a small club manager who is fantastic at guiding small clubs to greatness or avoiding relegation. And then when he sees the highest level, he struggles. But I think that whereas Roy Hodgson was – denied a transfer window from Liverpool that may or may not, may not, but may or may not have like made his career as the Liverpool manager that was out of his hands. And Sam Allardyce tried to get a bribe because he was the manager of England. Yeah. And that's it. it, it it's somewhat in, in like, God, look at me. Um, it's somewhat similar, but it's still at the end of the day, like Roy Hodgson left with his head held high, if frustrated. And I think it's it, it's almost frustrating for me to see Allardyce have such immediate success in the role that he's historically had success in, because it just makes people forget. Like, oh, he he left that last job because of a gross ethics violation yes and, and nobody's talking about that no and i mean on the other side of the spectrum too is that roy hodson seems to be this wonderful old man who i mean i i can only speak for that major influence he had on swedish soccer back in the day because he he actually coached quite a lot of teams in sweden he had Hansel for I four years yeah, he had Hamsta for four years, he had Oddevold for one year, he had Örebro for two years, and then he had Malmö, who we saw in the Champions League not too long ago, for oh, yeah, four yeah. years. Yeah. So, you know, that and that was late 70s to late 80s, so that was, sort of, you know, I was only four years old in 1989 when he left Malmö, but you've always heard people talk very well about Roy Hodgson in the Swedish media, and he's still, like... You know, although his Swedish is horrible, he still tries to speak Swedish when he talks to Swedish <laughs> reporters. So, you know, he's, he seems to be just be a lovable character who sort of got the the wrong end of the deal there with Liverpool. And then, you know, you know, England manager, that's a thankless job, no matter who you are. It's funny. I thought about Stella earlier today when I was playing with uh, my friend's daughter who or my friend, my friend Nina's son, rather, who speaks a mission of English, German, and Swedish. Yeah. And she'll, like, speak to him in Swedish, and then he will respond in English and German together. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Stella, Stella helped me put together her first piece of Ikea furniture yesterday. Oh, my gosh. So, that's uh, Wow. Boy, that's an early milestone. Yeah. So we got, we got, uh, got a new dresser in. Because so. she, she kept pulling stuff from the bookshelf. So I was like, no, we need a dresser. She's like, ooh, all my books is here. 
So now, <laughs> now, they're, now they're tucked away in a drawer. So we'll see how, how long it takes before she figures that out. Um, another uh, good game. Challenges are important. Yeah, another good game to look forward to, or it should be a good game. That's also on Sunday. It's a 9.05 kickoff, and that's Everton taking on Chelsea at Goodison Park. Um, Everton really strong at home. They have the third best, I want to say, I'm going to double check this real quick. Yeah, the third best home record this season. 12 wins, 4 draws, and only 1 loss. Do you think they can give yeah. Chelsea some troubles? Definitely. I mean, Chelsea seem to be in dark waters, and while it is a platitude and a comfortable platitude, particularly among Arsenal supporters that Tottenham choke at the end of the season, I, I think that you would be either, I don't know, somewhere between vainglorious and foolhardy to bet on Arsenal at White Hart Lane against Tottenham, given the two teams' forms and given what Tottenham is fighting for and what Arsenal is fighting for, because Tottenham have a far more realistic chance at actually winning the league mm -hmm. than Arsenal do even finishing in the top four. Now, that said, that doesn't mean that, you know, like Spurs couldn't collapse, but it, it strikes me as... It strikes me as a really dangerous fixture for Chelsea, and I think that, honestly this might be the game in which, and it kills me, well, it doesn't kill me that much because I'm going to be on a plane, but like th this is the fixture that I wish more than any that I could see this Sunday because, you know, it's the it's the North London Derby. I'm an Arsenal supporter. Of course, I want to see that, but nonetheless, I think that the season, the title may hinge more on what happens at Goodison Park than what happens on at White Hart Lane on Sunday. Yeah, I think that in-flight Wi-Fi is not good enough to stream on. Maybe you could find a radio <laughs> broadcast somehow. Um, I don't even know if they – do they even do the games on radio anymore? Well, they might. I don't know. Actually, I might be on the layover in Kiev at that point, but we'll see. Or just be sure – just hit someone up on Twitter that's at the game and then <laughs> do a Skype call from the in-flight Wi-Fi. And get your yeah. Experience. I'll just I'll just FaceTime. The yeah, game. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've done that. Was a long time ago, but I did Skype call and show it a game for my brother once. He's an Arsenal supporter. Oh, that's um, that's pretty great. Yeah. I didn't know that. How yeah. did I never know that? We've recorded this podcast for like a year and a half. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that in my family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that, that's that, funny. That's probably why. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just seeing Everton being in such good home form and Romelu Lukaku having a very good season, I mean, it seems like he's just playing to get to a bigger club at this point and showcase, showcasing himself in the best way possible. Maybe even going back to Chelsea, who knows? You know, if they, if they sell Diego Costa because he's getting all that Chinese money thrown at him, then, um, you know, who, who knows what can happen. But I do feel like it's a very big advantage for Tottenham, though, that they will know before they take the field against Arsenal, they will know what happened in that Everton-Chelsea game. So no matter what happens, even if Chelsea wins, they know that, okay, we, we got to do this because we got to you know keep that, at least stay four points behind. Or they'll be like, oh, yeah, Chelsea dropped points. We can now get within one point or within two points. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct, and I'm only going to get on my high horse for... Look, I'm even going to look at the clock. It's going to be less than 40 seconds, I promise. But this is an interesting, to me, kind of case in point about the way that the market dictates what happens in football, as in, you know, most of the things that operate under the aegis of global capitalism. But, like, it's it, it's not about competition. They you know they like to hype how on the last match day everybody plays at the same time, so nobody has an advantage. But realistically, this is as I said more important than many many other matches in terms of the actual like who will lift the trophy at the end of the season. And it's not about oh, okay, well what would be the most fair in terms of a sporting standpoint it's what will garner the most cash from a financial standpoint and that's just the way the world works and it's not necessarily good but it's just kind of what happens so 
Um, yay, global capitalism. Everton, yeah. Chelsea kicks off before Tottenham, Arsenal. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the thing, too, because we do have another 9.05 kickoff. That's Middlesbrough against Man City. That could have been moved and be, been the 11.30 game, and then they could have both kicked off at the same time. Precisely. But, yeah. uh, but you know, I mean, that's it, it It only makes sense. It Like, this is the lineup that makes the most sense commercially. Oh, absolutely. And, and increasingly, what makes the most sense commercially is the only thing that the Premier League is beholden to. I mean, they love to talk about, you know, I mean, they love to talk about ethics in terms of, and I just, I'm, call me jaded. I'm actually, I'm deeply hopeful about the future of the world. Nonetheless, I'm skeptical about the, uh, okay, we don't, we don't have either, the desire or time to get into a discussion about like the ills of global capitalism in the world order. But nonetheless, I'm frustrated by this because as I said, I think that Everton Chelsea has huge implications for the title race and you know, but you know what, maybe Everton win and then maybe Tottenham collapse under the pressure. So who knows? Like it's, there is a Heisenberg uncertainty principle that happens with everything, be it football or light. Yeah, and then it's the reverse the next week because Spurs play on Friday against West Ham and then Chelsea play on Monday against Middlesbrough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, that's also part of the commercialism of everything. That's why we have games on Friday now. Because now they're like, oh, look, Friday, we got a London Derby. Boom, the only game in town. uh, Yeah, I mean, which on the one hand... I, I mean, I can't, I, I've just been, you know, on my high horse about like the ills of global capitalism, the ways in which the Premier League is beholden to it, which is obvious because it's the what Premier League? It's the Barclays Premier League. But nonetheless, I also can't pretend to be a traditionalist and sit here on a high horse and be like, football on a Friday? That doesn't make any sense because I've only, you know, like... <laughs> it's not as though I've been watching football for 40 years and the idea of the Premier League playing on Friday is totally anathema to me the way it is to many supporters in many of these clubs mm-hmm. yeah I mean that was the thing back to you know growing up it was like okay you'll get one game on Saturday you can watch one game okay cool that's what I'll watch then no matter if it's West Brom against Portsmouth or if it's, you know, Manchester United, Chelsea. Um, it's interesting, though, because I'm, I, it strikes me as a fascinating parallel to the to American football, like the National Football League, is that they are still entirely based on Sunday because it's and it's not because they wouldn't do the same thing if they could, but it's because that the NCAA holds a monopoly on Saturday college mm-hmm. football. Yep. And so it's not it's not as though the NFL wouldn't do the exact same thing. Did they feel that they were able to like garner the same market share? It's that they feel that they've like kind of already have a monopoly on one thing and that trying to compete with another basic firma firma. God, I'm Still using German words. Yep. I almost said Benutzen there. Yep. Um, like it, it just doesn't make sense for them. No, uh, and I mean that's why you see games on Thursday now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, which is also but I mean me at, crazy. The sa- at the same time I don't mind it because I like watching sports on TV. <sighs> well, well, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, we're, we are we are the market to which they're catering, and the NFL is catering. the perfect TV sport. Because I honestly feel like watching an NFL game on TV is better than going. Well, I disagree with that only because you've never been to Lambeau Field. I have but, not. I have not. Maybe someday we'll change that. You I, I said I froze my <laughs> butt off when the Bengals were playing the Giants. Oh, gross! That yes. sounds like a terrible game. It wasn't very good. But I. I it's, but it's, it's just that I mean, because... from that standpoint, it's just too that I find American football so slow with all the stoppages. That's that's the well, big yeah, thing. It's funny because Chris and I. <laughs> 
the bartender at uh, uh, this bar in Friedrichshain that I was at earlier tonight, um, he and I were talking about American football versus proper football or riftigus football. Um, and the ways in which that like, even though the the game stops so frequently and it can be very long, long while like boring, um, it also allows for constant replay analysis, constant replay analysis of what's happened. It's like, okay, who made a mistake on that play? How did the offense counter the defense and vice versa? Like, how did that work? How did that fail to work? And that, I think gives it a better like the common fan has a better appreciation of tactics for american football versus proper football mm-hmm. yes because of that and that, that that to me is i don't know that's something that i deeply appreciate also shout out to chris if he ever listens to this podcast there you go <laughs> Yeah. Okay, let's head into our scoring predictions for the weekend here. Uh we don't have Polly's picks in yet even though I bugged him many times to get him in. But we'll That's just, right. we'll just do ours. Uh first up we got Southampton against Hull. That's the early game on Saturday. No, that's not an early game on Saturday because we got four games kicking off at 10. Hmm. Uh Southampton Hull I'll go 1-1 one, one in this one. Hull has a lot to play for. Southampton, they don't really have much to play for at this point. Yeah, I mean... Gosh, Seb, don't leave me, don't leave me astray, but oh, I'm going to go on as well. Yeah. I mean, Southampton, they're in ninth. They're... Four points behind West Brom, and they're a whopping 18 points behind Everton. Everton basically locked up that seventh place spot. Yeah, but I mean, Southampton are—they're in like a weird position insofar as they are—they're tied on points with Watford, except they're way better in goal difference because yeah. they're only minus five, and Watford's like minus 20. Yeah, 17. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like minus. Yeah, okay, yeah. minus seven. So that's that's still a lot. Okay, so 1-1 one, one from you there, too. And then we got Stoke against West Ham. Oof. Also two teams that... Well, I guess West Ham could use another point or two to feel super safe. But, I mean, if they win this, they're they're safe. No, oh, yeah. If they, if they win this, they're safe. Yeah. I mean, I think that Leicester are even essentially out of the conversation at this point. Although, admittedly, Leicester have a game in hand. Yeah. Uh, but I feel but like I even, think... even Burnley, if Burnley takes one more win, I feel like they're safe. I feel like if you get up to 39 points, you'll be safe. Yeah. And realistically, with four games left, I think you expect Burnley to hit 40. Yeah. Um, uh, how, many and... home, how many home games do they have left? That's the question. Uh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the turf more question. It's always yeah, the we'll, turf more question. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to Burnley um, in a little bit, though. But Stoke, West Ham, I, I see another draw here. I'm going to go with some more goals, though. I'll go 2 2. No, I'm going to I'm, I'm give it to Stoke. I think West Ham are going to get complacent because they know as well as we do that they're essentially safe. Okay. So 2 1, Stoke. 2-1 Stoke there. And then we got Sunderland against Bournemouth. I mean, Sunderland, they're doomed. We've said that for a long time now, but they're... Yeah. They would need to win out, and then Hull would have to... They need three defoes. Yeah, exactly. So that's not going to happen. Uh, Bournemouth, they're actually playing pretty well. I'll go 2 nothing to Bournemouth. <sighs> And that yeah, would that would put, that would that would make them super safe too, because they're at thirty eight points right now, and they beat Middlesbrough with four nothing in their last game, played really well. I I, I disagree. I th- I'm going to go two one Sunderland. Okay. I again I don't I don't think that they're going to survive, but I'm... a little bit too little or yeah a little bit too late to get some wins in. Yeah. Um, West Brom take on Leicester. Also, yeah, I feel like we got a lot of teams with not much to play for right now. Um, West Brom, they're coming. They have three straight losses, though. But Leicester, on the other hand, they have two losses and a draw in their last three. 
I'll give it to, to Lester though. Two to one Lester. Get some, mm. get some away wins in here this week. I'm not I'm just I'm just not sold. I'm just not sold. Um Ye old West Bromwich classic. One nothing or one one. Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going with that. I'm going one one. One one, okay. Then we got Crystal Palace against Burnley. Uh, like I said, like a point or a win here and Palace would be more than safe. Um Played well against the bigger teams. Not sure how they'll do against a Burnley, although Burnley's still the only team in the league without an away win. Yeah, no, Palace are going to run away with this, man. 3-1 Palace. You're just taking, taking the fire away from me. Okay, 2-0 yep. no Palace. 2-0 Palace. Okay, there we go. Same goal differential, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, Benteke had such a good game against Liverpool. Um, yeah. Manchester United-Swansea, that's the early game on Sunday, 7 a.m. kickoff Eastern time at Old Trafford. They have been dropping a lot of points at home. But, I mean, they got to beat Swansea. Come on. It's not going to be pretty. I'm going one nothing Man United. Yeah, they gotta beat Swansea at home. I'm, I'm even gonna give them more. I'm gonna say three one. Oof! Wow. No, no, I take that back. Two no, two no. Two no. Okay. I was like, that's a lot, especially seeing yeah. that they have that Europa League game on Thursday too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, no, nah, that's. Yeah. Then that's we got that Everton Chelsea game. I mean, I kind of want to see Chelsea drop points in this one to make it interesting. Uh, part of me does, and part of me doesn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, understandable, understandable. Um, they just, they had a good game against Tottenham, and they had a good game against Southampton. Although, no, I got, I, I'm going 2-1 to one Chelsea. I'm sort of playing this one safe. You know, I'm torn between that result and 2-2. Um, and... <sighs> this is a moment in which I'm going to... Uh, although, no offense, Seb, I have deep respect for you. I'm, but you I don't want to... No, that's... Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that. 2-2? Two, two? Yeah, but I also don't want to open the door for Tottenham. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two two. Okay. Then we got Middlesbrough against Manchester City. I'm not gonna spend much time on this. Four nothing City. Hmm. No, not quite that strong. Two nil. I don't know. Jesus is back. Then Tottenham Arsenal. Sorry, buddy, but three one Tottenham. Yeah. Um, eight straight wins in the league for Tottenham, and this is I a don't th- super important one. They'll know the result from the Everton Chelsea game. Harry Kane loves scoring against other London teams. Mm. You can pick with your heart here; it's okay. Yeah. So my mind says two nil Tottenham. Um. Your mind is saying no, but your body's saying let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We got that Christina Aguilera reference in there. Yes. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my friend Georgia the other day. I was like, what's your favorite quiz team name? She's like, oh, definitely Quiz Tima Aguilera. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think, Honestly, I think it's going to be two nil Tottenham, but I don't. I don't give a shit. It's going to be two one Arsenal. That's okay. what I'm going with. Yep, there you Write go. Write that down. Yep, it's it's written down. Then we got Watford against Liverpool. Liverpool struggling against the lesser sides, so I'm just wondering how they're gonna bounce back I mean, here like... from their home loss to Crystal Palace. 
I mean, that is a game they should have won. They're they're gonna bounce back and win this like four one. Okay, you say four one. I'm gonna make it a draw. I'm gonna say one one. And there you have it. We'll see what Paulie predicts. He he can play off of our picks here now. So we'll see what happens. But we'll be back after the weekend. We'll talk about what happened in the Premier League, of course. And then we'll take a look ahead at the Champions League and the Europa League as the semifinals are upon us. Until then, we should do our last thought real quick, I guess. I always forget that. And by you always forget that, does that mean that you're not prepared to give one right now? Oh, I, I got one. Uh, Liverpool confirmed Steven Gerrard as the under-18 manager ahead of next season. I think that's an excellent move by Liverpool to get a club legend like Gerrard in and coaching the youth players instead of throwing him off the deep end and be give him, you know make him an assistant to Klopp or something like that or that he would go and take over a team in the championship or even a team in the Premier League cuz we've seen way too many great players just being thrown in the manager's position and then it's been a total disaster so good on Liverpool for making the smart move good on Gerrard for knowing that this is going to be the best move for him in the long run and I have no doubt that we'll see him be a Premier League manager at some point in time uh, you know I think you're right about that um, I I mean my it, it doesn't fit necessarily with this podcast but my oh hi Rooney yep um, my final thought on this is just that anyone who has not seen the Dortmund Bayern match needs to watch it because that was, and th- this is relatively unbiased insofar as Pulisic didn't even feature in that game until the last few minutes. But that was one of the best football games that I've seen in, you know, certainly this calendar year, probably the season, maybe the last several years. Yeah. No, no, they always play good games. So definitely that's something that people need to watch. With that, we'll say goodbye. You can follow us on Twitter. I am Seb Noren. Elliot is Keats was better. And Polly is Peak was LWFAN. And then give Fanrick Sports a follow as well, of course. And we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.